0: Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with me for just a couple of minutes. Here, our focus is being better and healthier than yesterday. Are you better? Are you healthier than you were yesterday? Here, we don't compare ourselves to him or to her. We compare ourselves to who we were yesterday. Self-improvement has no end. Health has no finish line. They are lifelong journeys where we take it one day at a time, and here, we do it together. So let's do this. Before I get into the main content, if you want to get in contact with me, email and Instagram are the best ways to get in contact. Email me at benpagedc at gmail.com and on Instagram, benpagedc. And if you are listening to this, go to Instagram, tag me on the episode, and I'll tag you right back and we get to know each other. I love to get to know the community and I would love to get to know you. So let's get on to the main content back. This is episode 288 of the Wellness Former Podcast and today I have a special guest for you today. The guest is Leah Larabelle. You're going to love this episode. I had a great time chatting with her. Hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Well welcome back to the Wellness Former Podcast. I got another great episode. Um, I'm excited because I have another guest on. It's been a little while since I've had guests on. So this is something exciting for me. I always love to learn from my guests and of course you the listener also learn. But um this guest is her name's Leah Larawell and we're going to be talking about some really interesting stuff that what she does and how she is improving her life and the lives of many other people with what she's doing. And I'm really excited to have her on, but I'm not going to let it all out. I'm going to let her explain who she is first, and then we'll get into the main content. Again, Leah, thanks for coming on and kind of give us that winding road of how you got to where you are today.
1: Wow. Winding road it is, huh? Okay. So there's so many, as with all of us, there's so many aspects of which one of me's, (laughs) you know, we all have so many parts of ourselves. I guess that, um, related most to this podcast would maybe be herbalist me. Um, and, uh, and my husband own high garden tea, we have for over 10 years creeping up on 15. And so, and it's the herbalist that started that in me and how did I become where I am on that herbal path? You know, I have thought about this. I I have an herbal school and we were just doing talking about this last week as an herbalist. Um, I had chronic urinary tract infections growing up from five years old. I remember go having to leave sleepovers with my cousins and coming home in tears because I was hurting or I couldn't go skating. You know, it was just this little girl that couldn't live a normal life because I'd be on level 10 pain. They would put me on antibiotics. It would work. It wouldn't. All the way up until I was 18 years old, I dealt with this monthly. And turns out it was called interstitial cystitis. And when I finally got the answer of what this was, I was like, oh my God, so what do I do for it? And you know what? Nothing <laughs> at that time. It was one of those kind of mystery autoimmune things. And I was like, all right, that's it. I've got a name. I understand it's a swelling of a bladder lining, it's possibly autoimmune. And so I found a beautiful native woman, her name's Pip Sisawa, and um, I just knew, I don't know how I knew, but I knew plants were going to be my healers, and I knew I needed a teacher for that. And so Pip took me under her wing. Now looking back on it, I have no idea why she took me under her wing the way that she did. I knew nothing, and she basically took me on as an apprentice. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I was trimming her stinging metals, and <laughs> I was putting in my work. But I learned with her how to work with plants. And for the first time in 18 years, I started getting relief. And so I met plants in a way that 18 years of what seemed like a curse was actually a blessing because I never had to question if plant medicine worked. It was the first time that anything did work. Um, and obviously diet changes and learning just as much of what to put in your body sometimes is what to take out and remove from your life. So citric, things like that. Um, and so, and by 18, I was drinking coffee and stuff. That's absolutely a no-no with IC. And, um, and if anyone has IC, they're listening to this like, oh my gosh, what in the world did you do? You know, and I'm actually about to release a blog on it and stuff. Um, but I learned how to use herbs. I used plants for medicine. I used plants for health, for myself and others. I still wasn't the herbalist that I am then. It wasn't until I was about 25 years old and uncomfortable in my own skin. Because if anyone out there has also had any, um, just mental health, anxiety and mental health issues, anxiety, depression, you name it. You know, you wanna go somewhere and you're like, oh, if I just go, I wanna go here. And then you get really close to being there. And you're like, this isn't where I want to be because ultimately you're just uncomfortable in your own skin and you're trying to drive away from yourself. And I was in the car and I was going down the interstate and I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go. And I just, I felt like the world was collapsing on me and I just wanted to be loved. And I was in a really unhealthy relationship And I looked over on the side of the interstate and I saw these three trees over there. And it was just like they it was almost like I'd gotten in a head on collision. Not really, but just like a like I had to stop my car and go see those trees. And I went over there. It wasn't anything fantastic, you know, like this big grove of trees or anything. It was three trees beside a gas station. And I just stopped. I know I look like a crazy person. And I went and I sat by those trees and I heard, I love you. And for the first moment I realized I was just looking to the human race for acceptance and love and um, everything for everything. And there's the plant world, there's the animal world, there's all this family that I'd been missing out on. And that moment, those trees, like they're not, all these plants aren't just to be used or as a thing, that's like kind of replacing drugs with plants, you know, it's to create family and relationship with them. And in that moment, I became the herbalist who I am today. And so I teach my students, we don't use plants. I teach um, how to become family because we are nature. So how to open up to the rest of your wild family, you know? And so that was a long time ago. I'm certainly not 25 anymore, but that I say that kind of marks the moment of, and there's a long story of how we got to high garden too, but I'd say that was the beginning of the first step on my path of directive, like here's where I'm going.
0: And I, yeah, I truly believe also, I, I'm, I truly believe what you said is plants are our medicine. I believe that they've been yeah. our medicine since the very beginning. And if we truly want to heal, which is always happens from the inside out, mm-hmm. plants can help and speed up the process. But at the same time, if we truly want to heal, it has to come from the inside out. But the plants can speed up the process. And I've seen that. And you've seen that in your life. And I've seen that in my my own life, too, with certain plants that I've used to help me heal just a little bit faster mine mine being more uh physical well I guess the first one of yours was physical too but then you had that emotional one where the tree those but mine was more and I saw that how it it sped up the process I'm actually I'm actually in the process of 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 starting a a new product of mine where it's just like that because I remember I actually I think I broke my toe because mm-hmm. I hit it really hard I never got it I never got an x-ray but I remember and I've talked about this a couple times now but just talking to you it reminds me that I was like this is going to take six weeks mm-hmm. to, hit, to heal and I started using this this comfrey salve that I made at home just because I had an extra extra leaps of comfrey and I was like what am I going to do with this and I made this yeah. stuff and I started putting on it every three hours and I was playing basketball the next week I mean with my mind knowing how the body heals that just doesn't make sense. That, that that doesn't make sense. We, we need time to heal, but I was playing basketball pain-free the next week. I like, Plants are our medicine and they want to help us if we allow it to be. And I think that's really neat how you found that too, in your special little way. And a lot of people find that. And I think that's really neat.
1: Yeah. Also,
0: oh, sorry about that. Yeah.
1: Oh, it was just, you, you bring that up and it's so important is like, That's where, you know, and I'm not against modern medicine. I'm not one of those herbalists that are like, you have to choose one or the other. Like when we all work together, that's where the greatest peace and healing comes is that drugs focus on disease and they're very good when the body can't do something for itself, they can come in and kind of do it for it plants work with the body for the body to do it for itself and so that's where if the body is capable of doing it for itself then not only is it making you stronger because it's enhancing your own ability to do it that's why people get a little frustrated they're like well it took the herbs a little bit longer to help this or help that it's like it took a moment because it was working your body did it like it the word herbs work with you to do it and empower you and strengthen you it's kind of like eating a healthy diet And you feel better and you've got the right vitamins and minerals. It's giving, we call them tropho restoratives, like herbs that work with specific systems within the body to enhance that body's ability to do what it needs to do. And so it's, yeah, they, I mean, we've been raised at their feet. Plants are billions of years old from our first breath, our first bite, our first, our first compress, everything we've been growing up at plants' feet, at plants' feet, (laughs) Um, And they've just raised us from the beginning. And it's this ancient knowing, this ancient relationship that within a very short period of time, um, what, maybe the 1920s, I'm trying to think when we lost, you know, especially specifically um, colonized America lost a lot, um, that there's that something you're just missing. That's something that just feels like that longing. And the moment you like get rid of that fear. There's so much plant fear out there. I put videos up on stuff and people are like, you just ate that strawberry or you just ate that dandelion. Don't you know those are poisonous? It's like, no, but I'd be curious to why you have heard they are, <laughs> you know. Um, there's a lot of plant, plant fear instilled in us and that just creates this anxiousness and this vibe about that the moment we remember we are all family. They are here for food or medicine for all of us it might not even be human it might be for our bee family or for our fox family but everything is here with purpose then all of a sudden we find more purpose in ourselves too so it's it's physical and spiritual medicine all in one when we start recognizing plants as our healers and family and friends (laughs) i know i sound so woo woo right now but it just is
0: and I and that's and that's what it is. We are part of the ecosystem. I mean, mm-hmm. we can't we can't take ourselves out, and we can't take them out. I mean, once we take one part of the ecosystem out, we lose the whole ecosystem. They all have to be there. And if we're not if we're not participating in a way that helps it progress, um, we're 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 causing problems. And as, and as humans, we're usually the only ones that cause problems because everything else just does their job and they do, they do their job really well. But sometimes we, we like to rationalize things and say, right. no, we'll just do this. And we kind of we take our job in the wrong direction and we don't help instead of the help we should be giving it. But the one thing we do have as humans, we have a, a great capacity to help if we learn that and if we actually put that into practice instead of what most like you're saying, most modern practices are doing, and I would—I mean, I think the main—I think it was 1913 that, that infamous that infamous report from Flexner, that that a lot of a lot of this plant medicine uh, started to go by the wayside, and people started uh, depending more on what is modern medicine. Uh, and, it, and it's and like I said, yeah, it's about it's been about a hundred years now, and we could see the impact of how of how those last hundred years have been on the society because we are not only physically sick, but we're a lot more emotionally sick. And yeah. I, like how, I like how you were talking about that, because everyone, I, I guess I can't say everybody, because that's just not true, but the grand majority of us will go through moments of anxiety, uh, feeling down. I mean, I maybe we don't have to call it depression, but we'll feel down. It's just part of life. It's yeah. part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And if we can use nature to help us realize that we are more than just ourselves, um mm-hmm. there's a lot more out there and like you said spiritually i mean the spiritual health is so important it's not just the physical but the spiritual and the emotional health it's all inter-, inter interrelated if we can if we can somehow realize that um nature helps us realize that so much easier and it's so much easier to to love ourselves when we know that we're all in this together
1: Absolutely. And we crave, we crave being a tribe. We crave belonging. We we join clubs. We find friends on social media, you know? And so when we kind of, the moment we open up and realize we're in a huge club, we are in a huge tribe and a huge belonging and start acting on it a little bit. Something as simple as, um, I know this sounds silly. It's so funny um, to hear myself say these things, but I feel like I need to, but if I'm feeling down some days, I will literally go out to like little water puddles or or bird baths or something. And my son and I'll go save bugs out of them. And we pick a bug out and we watch it take its little bitty arms and wipe off its little bitty face (laughs) and dry its little bitty wings. And there's just this feeling that's unexplainable. That's like you're saving little lives and it just fills you back up. And there's just a sense of purpose and wellness and belonging. It's like, i saved that little friend there you know and it's it's, I don't know but tiny things like that that remind us like you're saying we can be helpers too but we can also be a virus
0: (laughs) and and that's the thing I mean if we and that's what happens that's what I guess I just talked with I just talked about this with somebody that they they were saying that pesticides have killed about 60 percent of 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 the bugs Yes. And, and the bugs are an important part of our ecosystem. So if we take them out, we cannot survive. So the more we treat bugs with the respect they deserve, I mean, so you have your job, do it, please. Instead oh. of, I don't like you, I'm going to smack you <laughs> and I'm going to get rid of you. I mean, we it's only helping us. It's only helping us as human beings. It's so true. Yeah.
1: Yeah, when you see um, an overabundance of some bug or a pest or something, it's a signal that something is out of balance. You figure out what feeds on it or what its predator is, and you start trying to and you start working with the environment because it is a sign, just like a symptom in our own body. If our shoulder's aching, there's maybe some inflammation. And when we do look at why we have inflammation, if there wasn't an injury, that signal isn't to be masked and sprayed, you know, put a, put a, that's like taking an ibuprofen for your shoulder, not figuring out what's going wrong, to just spray this bug and be like, never mind. I don't want to know what's wrong. I'm just going to do this. And you're going to throw another part off and another part off, where ultimately it was a sign of like, oh, here's how we can figure out. Thank you for this signal. We see what's out of balance. Let's work with that. That's where humans can come back in. I'm a big avid, like organic gardener and I love it. And when I see an overabundance of certain insects or certain Anything, things, so I'm like, ooh, and it's a chance to play detective and figure out who, what helpers I can call in, whether it's companion plants or companion predators. Um, and it's, it's again, being a part of that cycle and yeah, and really working together.
0: And, and nature shows us the way. I mean, usually yes. when we, I'm like, okay, so there's a problem here. Where can I learn? I can go uh-huh. into nature and figure this out. <laughs> She'll teach me. <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) So so how do you, how do you use, how do you use plants as medicine? What do you do specifically?
1: Well, I am a trained clinical level herbalist. um, And so we do help with others um, by means of our product. You know, we have an herbal product line and and I I teach. And then in my life, that's, that's the thing is like where people feel like, To be an herbalist, you've got to do all this stuff and do all this training and it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming as heck. I still feel I'm 20 something years in and I still have so much to learn, but that's so what's beautiful about it. There needs to be someone, even just call it a plant person with just 10 plants that they know in every single home. And so, I mean, I guess an example, every day I take a tincture, I do a tea, I'm always working with my family, but I think the most, the cool example that I could give is last night. My parents' um, dog, it uh, clipped a little, clipped um, the back of his heel, I guess you would say, um, and he started bleeding. And he was gushing blood. And it was late, and my little boy was in bed, and it was like something that may need to go to the vet and cauterize. You know, it was just, it was oozing, it was gushing. We we're putting pressure on it, and the it, the thought, flea bane. And it's this plant that's got the little white fringy outside, you know, in the little yellow center. And everybody thinks it's a pest because it's all over the place. Fleabane is a powerful styptic, hence stop bleeding. Went, gathered a handful of fleabane petals. Like by the time I got back, they put powder, um, flour all over it. You know, flour supposedly stops bleeding. Pressure wrapped it. Blood was going out all over the floor and about time to go to the vet. And I was like, give me just a chance. So I smash up the fleabane put it, make it just almost powdered, directly press it on there, hold pressure on it. Within about two minutes, the bleeding had stopped. And that's just a direct example of this moment of empowerment of we didn't have to rush to the expert. We didn't have to rush and pay $200 or whatever we have to pay. Fleabane was sitting there. It was like, oh, I can help him stop bleeding. And he's fine. He's fine today. And it's just some of that every day, every moment, every part of my life is plants are incorporated. And this morning I was feeling my son woke me up at 5am and I was tired and I was feeling cranky and I wasn't being the best mom that I could be. And so instead of consuming a plant, what I did is I went and sat under one of my favorite oaks here that kind of grounds me and gives me some balance. And that was my plant medicine this morning. And so I don't even know when I don't work with plants in in my daily life.
0: And that's, it's it's neat to hear two different sides. I mean, it doesn't have to be something that we're inject, or we're or eating, or, or or applying. It can be just getting out in nature, mm-hmm. and and I think that's that's neat to hear because a lot of people when they think about plant therapy, they're thinking, um, what do I take? So what plant do I need to find to turn into a tea, or to just to eat, or whatever I need to do, or apply it to help this discomfort, or even a lot of times drowsiness and things that we don't feel maybe they're not as physical but a lot of times what we can do and what's so simple is just going out into nature and like you said grounding grounding with nature um that's that's something i talk about quite a bit and actually wrote a book kind of about that stuff yes. in import, the, the importance of just how, how important it is to get out into nature and just feel her be part of who she is. And it's so therapeutic. It's, it's one of the reasons why I wrote the, that's it's what's helped me so much in my life personally, because I've been able to, I've been able to see it personal, how personally, how just being able to work with an edge of nature has helped me overcome um. Very difficult moments emotionally in my life. And and, and it it hasn't been that I was taking anything. It was just being present with nature. So I really appreciate how you said that's that's part of what plant medicine is. It's just not thinking, because most people when they think of medicine, they think of, I need to take this or take that or apply this or do that.
1: Exactly. And that's what we've lost. Um, I I was fortunate to learn with an indigenous elder and have a Celtic Irish background. Um, And so what's happened in some modern thoughts of herbalism is it's been turned into just a different form of drug therapy, phytopharmaceutical, if you will. So I, instead of taking this pill, I'm going to take this plant, maybe in a capsule form. And, and so that is just, that's not herbalism that's a form of herbalism, I guess, but with, um, in, with indigenous herbalism or some of the Celtic herbalism, it is, yes, I will consume this plant that's been prepared in a very knowledgeable way, but I also, there is going to be some type of ceremony with it. Maybe it is going sitting with that plant. Maybe it is going and taking in some sun medicine. Maybe there's always spirit. There's the spirit and the physical medicine from plants. So the physical medicine is taking the physical body of the plant and putting it in your body for it to affect in a physical way. And that happens, like you're saying, with the stopping bleeding and things like that. It's it's great. But if you're, especially if you're looking for emotional help, um, a lot of more chronic illnesses and so forth, then you need the spiritual or personality medicine. And that's when you meet the plant in the spiritual way, or you need, whether it would be sitting by an oak or harvesting the plant yourself and having a conversation with it or holding a clover for a little while and just looking at it, you know, there's just different ways to get plant spirit medicine in when you're looking for spirit help we aren't just physical bodies and to just take an herbal capsule yes it's different than taking a drug but it's minimizing it to such an like almost an insult level of what whole herbalism is
0: (laughs) yeah i I totally understand what you're trying to get at i mean it's it's so much more than just that it's so much
1: And you don't need an expert for the spirit medicine. That's what I left out That's So important. You do need an expert typically for the physical aspect of like, not just anybody be like, oh, get fleabane flowers and put it directly on the wound, you know, or um, work with St. John's wort with lemon balm and also with mimosa to help lift up kind of a sad, you know, a sad space, a sad time. We have all of this knowledge in our blood, but the spirit part, Just what are you craving? Do you see this one tree out there that just keeps calling your name? Go sit by it. Is there this one flower that you just keep noticing? Go get one and and it's okay, take it put it on your table, smell it. Like there's something in our, when we're looking for the plant spirit medicine, that's why a lot of people attract to it early on is because it is so simple. Our brains, we have the head brain, the heart brain, the gut brain. The heart brain and the gut brain, know plant spirit medicine so well. It's the head brain that talks you out of it. Like the instinct of like, oh, I kind of want to go see that flower. Go see it. The head brain, before the head brain talks you out of it, go see it, (laughs) you know? So you know how to do the plant spirit herbalism.
0: And let's, what are some of the, what are some of the plants that, what are like the most, some of the most medicinal plants that, you know, um, maybe we can help some of the, some of my listeners understand just some of these plants that should, they should try planting or should try getting hold, you know, try to get hold and getting hold of. Um, what are some of these plants that you really recommend that most people have close by either as a living plant or, or some type of. I know dried leaves what what do you recommend usually and it doesn't just overall i mean you can get specific with certain things but what what do you usually recommend to have close by
1: Absolutely um and what's interesting is it's typically going to be your weeds Those are the ones that oftentimes were brought here for a reason you know some of them it's like oh you know like plantain was planted everywhere or dandelion these these weeds that people don't want so dandelion is one of the all-stars and there's a reason I think it's kind of a poster child for a lot of herbalists and for weed killers I think they fear the power of dandelion Um, because dandelion first of all, just for soil health is amazing for the soil. So get that out of your head. If you think it's like hurting your lawn, it's got this deep taproot that helps aerate the soil. It helps to bring up minerals and redistribute. It's, um, it's an incredible, incredible plant um, for the soil health. And then as far as your body's health, the flower is just a really nice kind of cooling tonic and just a happy, it's just fun to, I, I fry them, I fry them, I'm from the South, <laughs> I fry dandelions, and they kind of taste kind of meaty and yummy, or you can make like a donut out of them, but where it starts really getting to the meat and potatoes of it is the leaves are this powerful, powerfully nutritive herb, so it's more nutritive than your is your lettuces, your kales, any of that, more power, more nutritive than that. And so they're just, it's this amazing green that also has a bitter, a slightly bitter taste to it. And we've lost the desire for bitter. Hence a lot of people thinking they have or that do have heartburn bitter helps the body to raise digestive juices and to help the break down different your foods so that it process it goes through assimilates and everything much better and so a lot of people think they have hyper acidity it's actually they have too little proper juices juices and stomach acids and bitters are what can go in and just amp up those um, the digestive juices and whoa magically I guess I don't have too much stomach acid. I just needed help, some bitters. And so these are beautiful greens. They also are what's called aquaretics. And a dandelion green is an aquaretic. A lot of folks today um, are looking to diuretics to help with excess fluid, you know. And so what's amazing about aquaretics, an herb is instead of a diuretic, it's an aquaretic. diuretic. you know it. Deplete certain vitamins and minerals, potassium, magnesium. So you're urinating and you're losing some of these essential vitamins and minerals. Well, guess what? Dandelion leaf as an aquaretic is loaded with those exact vitamins and minerals that you lose. So yes, you do excrete them, but it's restoring them at almost the exact capacity. So it just balances it out. What, you know? (laughs) And then down to the root, it's, one of the most beautiful liver tonics that I know. And a lot of times when I say liver tonics, hepatoprotective, it helps protect the liver from damage, it's cooling, it helps um, the liver breaks down hormones. So if you're seeing estrogen, you know, high estrogen levels and a lot of times you're just recycling estrogen through your system. And if your liver can help break it down, you're gonna have better estrogen levels um, and just liver tonic altogether. People be like, well, I don't drink a lot. You know what, these days, you don't need to drink even at all to have a taxed liver, the pesticides, the poisons, the toxins, they are everywhere. And because one of my funniest questions I get, sometimes people are like, what if my lawn was ever sprayed before I moved here? And I'm not saying go just drink some Roundup dandelion tea or anything, but I guarantee the produce in the grocery store was sprayed. I can guarantee you that. And even organic produce is allowed a certain, you know, whether it was in a certain distance and so forth. And so there's pesticides and poisons everywhere. It's in our cups often that we drink out of. It's at the gas tank when we pump our car, our livers are exhausted every day. Hence then our kidneys get exhausted. Our lymphatic system gets exhausted. So you need a liver tonic. Just, I can go ahead and just tell you, you need a liver tonic and guess who's a liver tonic? Dandelion. And when you start clearing out toxins from the body, sometimes you start noticing energy coming back or some of these things that were just like, why does this always kind of feel, why does my stomach ache? Or why does this always feel a little off? When you start really cleansing the system on a regular and daily basis, it's not guaranteed, but you may notice just kind of a sense of vitality coming back, especially if you pair a nutritive, it's filling you like the leaves with vitamins and minerals. Pair it with an, what's called an alternative. It's an herb that helps the system to cleanse more efficiently, the root. This one plant offers both of those to help the system kind of get an, a forward step toward a body in balance. And so that one little plant out there it does so much. That's why, and I could go on forever about all the weeds out there. Um, I call them wildlings, but it's just an example of the magic that's just at your feet.
0: And I, and I love, uh, I, well, I remember- Dandelion from my grandpa. My grandpa's like, "Hey, eat that flower." I was like, "I don't eat that flower. Like, it's good for me." Yeah, you.
1: grandpa. <laughs> yeah. So I went and
0: ate the flower, and I remember. Yeah, it was beyond bitter. But yeah, I remember my grandpa used to put it in in his like. He used to make a uh, licuados, and he would put dandelion leaves in there and stuff like that. I remember all of that, and he would eat them quite often. But I remember the first dandelion flour I ate was because my grandpa's like, Hey, you can eat that. Did you know that
1: <laughs> Good for him? And that's what parents have a lot of parents have lost is, and I just talked about this recently is where a lot of plant fear just continues repeating through our culture is like a kid goes to grab, let's say a mock strawberry. And the parents like, Oh, don't get that. That's poisonous. And it's, they don't know if it's poisonous or not. They just don't know. So they try to instill a fear in the child. So the child doesn't eat anything. So from this your early age, we're just putting plant fear in our kids because of our own lack of knowledge about our world around us. So at, at least, at least just say, Hey, I don't know if that's edible or not. You know, there's no need for that
0: extreme
1: yeah. fear, but like your grandpa, he could tell, Hey, look over there. That is edible. And that's what I say with my son. Hey, that's a yes eat. When he was from the youngest of ages and he pointed something and be like, I think that's a no eat. <laughs> And he just knew there were yes eats and no eats. Cause people were like, don't your kid just eat everything? And I'm like, no, because he, under, he goes for all the yes eats. <laughs> like yeah. It's not a big deal.
0: And, and then the majority of people go into the supermarkets and buy vegetables that have been covered with tons of chemicals, which. Probably yes. should be that should be the no eat.
1: <laughs> no eat exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're yeah. like, did the dog pee on that? I'm like, I don't know. I'm less scared of dog pee than all those chemicals that's soaked mm-hmm. up in those potatoes. <laughs>
0: I, I you know I'm 100. percent I 100 percent agree with you with that too. <laughs> oh my! I mean, I would so prefer that over the chemicals. <laughs> the amount of chemicals that have been sprayed on our poor vegetables that are getting yeah. grown in monoculture. Yeah, oh man! we call but,
1: them a life support? Did you say that? Is that pretty evening? much
0: i that so i i well do say dead. that they're pretty there so the plants dead. are pretty much dead
1: <laughs> uh, yeah they
0: will they will give us a fruit but that fruit's about nutrient about has about as much nutrition as as nothing yeah so yeah
1: that was i i remember reading that and it just was this moment of like i've been trying to say he said that so well i've been trying i loved your book and <laughs> and these wildlings these weeds out here these greens that kept families alive you know that for so long and, and they still can, like they are growing exactly where they want to grow. They are living exactly how they want to live. They have not been coddled. They don't need anything. They are just vibrant and rich and full of everything. And they, have, and we're just like spraying or ignoring them. It's so odd. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. We can go on forever about that. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I really like how you explained one plant. I mean, we're coming up on the end, but I think, I mean, these these are conversations that we could take a lot deeper with certain plants and i would be i would just be really excited to bring you on on other occasions where we can go into more specific plants and see how they can help us be help us be as healthy as we possibly can because like i said i truly believe plants are our medicine if we use them in the proper way and they can definitely help us quite a bit so um i would love to have you on again talking about more specific plants Uh, um maybe we can get you on later and we can have a maybe a couple shows where we talk about the importance of certain plants and how they can help us.
1: Oh, I will geek out about some plants with you. Yeah.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Leah, thanks a ton for coming on. I mean, we just barely got, we just got into this conversation. So we're gonna have to keep this conversation going. Um, how can my, how can the listeners get to know more about you? Um, where can they go to find you?
1: Yeah, well, we, um, highgardentea.com is, my tea and we have a few tinctures, just the herbal products that we put out and have for a very long time. And Instagram, we're at high garden tea and Lord, I've even joined TikTok. I'm like someone's grandma on TikTok. <laughs> we're at garden tea there. Um, and I just do a ton of education. And so it's just accessible education is a big deal to us. So, um, we'll start a YouTube channel and we have a, um, a podcast to sipping teas and hugging trees. We have all of three episodes on it, but, um, it's just, yeah, I'm just, I'm always trying to flood flood plant love out there so if it interests you that's where you could find me
0: and nature's so important i mean yes. not, not just the plant itself but nature itself we yes. if we can get if we can get outside and just take our shoes and socks off and just walk in the and walk in, in the grass or in the dirt we'll mm. feel, we'll feel better i mean we'll feel better i mean nature will make us feel better if we allow her to do it mm,
1: allow that's the thing
0: uh-huh mm. <laughs> awesome well again thanks for coming on the show i was a, a great great episode i know my listeners are going to enjoy this and and we're going to definitely get back and do a second or third or fourth or maybe even fifth episode
1: (laughs) thank you good to see you
0: well I sure hope you enjoyed that episode with Leah I had a great time chatting with her and I learned quite a bit so I hope you learned more of course we're going to learn a lot more from her but before I go remember this is a this is a grassroots movement this grows because we get the word out one person at a time and a great way to get the word out is by leaving a review of this podcast. So if we haven't left a review, go to iTunes, type in the Wellness Farmer podcast, and at the bottom, there's a button where you can rate and review the show. I read each and every one of them, and I appreciate them. Thank you so much. Also, join my email list to never miss an episode. And by doing that, you also get my book, Earth and Us Healing Naturally, absolutely free. Go to my website, Pastels Better This Farm, sign up to my email list, and you'll get that book for free and if you want to support this cause support me as i continue to bring this content to you you can do that by buying my books uh, a great way to get the word out also is by buying my books you can get playing in the dirt in the four pillars of health on amazon.com and you can get the playing in the dirt the four pillars of health in a short ebook mental well-being made simple on my webpage pastoswellbeing.com and if you're in the states i'm going to make it even easier to give my books as a gift if you are listening in the states and you used to use the code gift at checkout you even you'll get the books even cheaper if you buy at least two so go to my website pastels farm buy two of my books use the code gift and you get even cheaper the price so get yours today and make and give the gift of giving and finally join my membership. We go so much more deeper in how we bring the garden and our connection to nature and earth into the forefront of our journey for greater health and well-being. Go to my website, pastoralvitasfarm.com, slash subscription to get more information about that and hope to talk to you very soon, if not in person, at least by Zoom.